You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. It's the Score North Twin Show. And welcome in to Talking Twins. Uh, Zolgad and Declan Goff. Mackie was going to do this show, but I think he got smart and bailed because... Um, Declan, I was pretty sure that um, about half hour ago we were going to be talking about a Twins victory over the Milwaukee Brewers, a five what five three win or no five two win in uh, Game One. The bullpen had been lights out. Um, it looked like uh, Alex Colomay was going to come in and get his first save as the Twins closer, w- whether they want to call him the closer or not. And uh, then, unfortunately, all hell broke loose, and uh, Colomay, instead of taking the sure out at first base decided to try and get a double play and he threw to Polanco and he pulled him off the bag. Um, and from there on the Brewers then came back to tie the game and then won it in the bottom of the 10th. And I, I will give credit uh, Dex on this one. Morneau called this because he said the twins are after they blew the lead. He said the twins are in big trouble now because yep. they've used all of their high leverage bullpen guys and the Brewers have not. And then your man crush, Josh oh, Hader. Oh God. Josh Hader came in and and Dick Bramer started talking about how he wasn't great during yeah. the 60 game. And, you know, I mean, he wasn't. I mean, a, a lot of people didn't perform great during that 60 uh, game shortened season. But anyway, he came in and it was um, Ostadio. Good morning. Arise. Good afternoon. And then Jake Cave with no chance. Good no night. Chance. And that was that credit. To Justin, though, because Morneau called it exactly. Yeah. He said they're in big trouble now. Uh, it's it's one game. It's opening day. So, like, I don't want to o- overreact to it, despite the fact that I tend to overreact at times. But that being said, it is a uh, it's a disappointment when you blow a game like this. Oh, it's bad. Um, look, it's opening day. We've been waiting for baseball for the last six months. There's that 18-game postseason losing streak still lingering. But spring training rolls around, and you get really excited, and then opening day comes around, and then there's a four-hour baseball game, but the thing's winding down, and you think, all right, it's been a day, but yeah, this is baseball. That's what happens. Sometimes games take a long time, and all you had to do, Alex Colomay, all you had to do was take that ball and just underhand it to first base. You knew Christian Yelch was coming up, one of the best players in the National League, and then Max Kepler makes a, a, a goof. I mean, tough play at the yeah. end of the day. Still got to have it. Still yep. got to have it. It's not an error, but you still got to have it. And um, and unfortunately, the Twins, then they run into the buzzsaw. That is Josh Hader. Yeah, my my favorite. I, I have the shirt it's from my friends at Routine Baseball. It says, Windy Peppercorn is a dime um, for my love of Windy and for my love of the Sandlot. But at the same time, I need a Josh Hader one, too, because that guy is absolutely filthy. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, you said it. And then Randy Dobnek with his new electric slider. But, I mean, wow. at that point, you didn't stand a chance with the runner at second. So, no, no. game over. 
Which, by the way, I, I oh, I see that you were mm. popping a Corona hard seltzer. I'm absolutely shocked. See, that's the great thing about that about that drink. The beverage allows you to celebrate or commiserate. That's right. Like there's it, it goes both ways. It's fantastic. Um, so the sad thing about this though is that in my notes decks, I, I was all prepared, and I think that we could still talk about it because it's a good thing. I was all prepared to praise the bullpen and to yep. talk about the bullpen, right? I mean, Duffy came in and and was not great, but I mean he got out of his jam. Then Stashik strikeout, um, what three up? three down which i believe was the first three up three down of the entire game it didn't come until the uh seventh which is by the way the recipe for a four-hour baseball game <laughs> taylor rogers in, in fact we'll, we'll get into that tweet in a second had absolutely electric stuff a strikeout i mean he he definitely looked like the uh taylor rogers of two years back hansel robles i got a i got a text from my friend De- De- Declan goff saying i don't trust him here he's gonna <laughs> blow up not only did he not blow up he struck out two and sent the brewers down one two three and it all led to call and you thought to yourself oh this is absolutely going to be perfect like the bullpen this is how the bullpen is supposed to work and in fact if it worked the way that we thought it was going to the twins wouldn't have even faced josh Hader, and it was going to be fantastic uh but get into the tweet that you sent me about taylor because this is the one i mean he had a rough uh shortened year in 2020 and his stuff today was back to being really good yeah i mean i wouldn't i guess i wouldn't say it was a rough it was a down year for him last year Um, rough for him yeah he he also ran into some bad luck analytically he's you know they said some things weren't going his way and had some bad bounces Um, but this is from Jeremy Machio. He's a research analyst and he's a pitching coach as well, as well as the host of a, uh, the state street podcast. So give some a little shout out here, but he's a little context. What happened in that inning for Taylor Rogers today is slowest fastball was 96.3 miles per hour. Last season, his fastest pitch mm-hmm. was 96.3 miles per hour. Today, his fastest pitch was 98. And average ninety seven point three. Rogers is up to something here. So basically, his velo climbed in the first start of the year. That's I mean that's great. We're this is opening day. We are naturally going to overreact to all the positive and the negative things that happen. But I told you and Jake DePew in our preview show on Monday when he said, "What's your most confident? Who are you most confident?" And I said, "I think it's Taylor Rogers bouncing back and being the fireman that he was in twenty nineteen." And look, he's not on Josh Hader level. Like even if this is Taylor Rogers' ceiling, what we saw today. The, the the nastiness that is Josh Hader still is a notch above what oh. Taylor Rogers can bring, and it's not close. Like I yeah. and, and again, I could make a whole podcast dedicated to my love for Josh Hader. I'm not going to do that today. Twins Taylor, aren't getting him. No, and, uh, I, I'll they're give not him up. Get him now, okay? No, they're not getting him. You want they're Kyle Garlic? Josh Hader is not coming here. Okay. Kyle Garlic? Want Brett Rooker? Since you don't want to use him either? Yeah, I'll, I'll give whatever oh, what you want. Do that. Pick up the phone. Pick up the phone, Milwaukee. I got some offers for you. Uh, but yes, Taylor Rogers is going to be, I think, your your number one guy. But then, yeah, you burn through all your other elite people, your other elite of relievers yeah. throughout the course of the game. And and with the runner on second base, with base with which, by the way, I don't have an issue with. I don't have an issue with the runner at second. I, I really don't. Just end the end the bleeping baseball game with how slow things go these days. Yeah. But you, you don't stand a chance when haters on the mound, even if there's a runner at second base. Y- your best chance was the pass ball. Think about that. Your best chance of scoring that run was a pass yeah. ball or a wild pitch. In fact, let me see here. I'm, I'm going to get the box score uh, called up here on MLB.com. I want to see what the official time of game was because that game took forever. And, in fact, I I said going into last year, Dex, I said – 
runner on second in the tenth, really hokey. Like this is a bad idea. Uh uh-uh, uh, I was totally wrong. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh time of game four 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 fourteen. Oh. Four fourteen was the time of game. And you know what? If this was just an opening day thing and was not the norm, I'd be like, okay, that's it's too long, but right. But here's the scary thing. This is baseball now. Um, but think about this for a second, too, because it is absolutely, when it comes to Rob Manfred's league, it is hilarious. So this, and I like it, but this is a league now that it's accepted is going to put a guy on on second base in scoring position to start extras, okay? Okay, cool. Progressive idea. To your point, Dex, you're exactly right. Let's get the game done. It is also a league, though, where they will not allow in National League parks Nelson Cruz to play and DHs to play. So, like, I mean, in one way, we're a, it's 1925 baseball. Like, you know, back uh, here's the pitcher. Uh, here's Kenta Maeda to bunt. And then we get to the 10th, and it's like, and anything goes. Let's put a God. guy. Like, how how are we talking about a sport that in one sense is so progressive that mm-hmm. they're, they're like, you know, screw it. The game's gone too long. We're going to put a guy on second to start the 10th, which, okay, cool. But then the comeback to that is, but we're also going to have pitchers hit, and Nelson Cruz has to pinch it, and that's all he could do for three games. Yeah. Think about that for a second. It, it, Think about it, how backwards that is. It's classic baseball, man. This is what baseball does. Imagine if uh, you're, you're in a football game, and you just, you're, you're playing the AFC, and because you're playing the Jets in New York, you can't do a three-wide receiver set. That just, <laughs> that, 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 that's not allowed. You have to go fullback and two tight ends, no more than two wide receivers on the field, and that's basically what it is. Um, yeah, yes. it, it's a shame that you know Nelson only gets the one pinch hit at bat. And then also, like th- this is why I also hate it. it, it allows you to take out your starter early because you, you see a moment in the game where you want to bust it open and the double switch. And I know you, I know Judd, I know you love the double switch. Yes. Our old friend Rami in Milwaukee, he still loves him at some double switch and traditional baseball things. Yes. But I think you and I can both recognize that this is one of our favorite sports. We love this sport, but it is on life support. And I can't tell you that... Doing something like eliminating the designated hitter, the most important, fun thing to get fans to watch the game. And in, and in the Twins' case, their best player, Nelson Cruz, has to sit on the bench and will, at the very best, maybe take three at-bats this whole series. Exactly. And look, I don't—I personally have always—I like the double switch, and mm-hmm. I like the National League style. But I'm also not hypocritical enough to sit here and defend that and say, but I also really like a guy on second base to start the 10th. It's like, okay, you know what? Even a person like me who probably deems himself to be more of a traditionalist than most people say, you know, taking the best offensive player off the field for three games is probably not a good idea. And to your point, to get younger fans in, what do they want? They want to see offense. They want to see Nelson Cruz hit, not uh, not uh, Brandon Woodruff or Kenta Maeda hit. Uh, okay, let's get to the let's get to the yeah. potential bad news here. Yep. Uh, which okay, so I'm going to take you through this play. Think top, you're going. Yep. top of the first, top of the first. Arise lines out to short to start the game. Josh Donaldson then comes up, and he smokes a ball, absolutely smoked it uh, to the gap in left center field. And my immediate thought was, and I'm not joking, stop it first. Just stop it first because you're going to have to li- – because this is not – this is a clear-cut d- double for most guys, but you have leg problems. And I know it sounds crazy, but you're going to have to, if you're going to try to get to second, leg out this potential double. 
Well, of course, he keeps going with his, I guess, what you could consider the new running style, as he talked about. I have a new style of running. And sure enough, as soon as the camera cuts to JD, you see him sort of grab the back of his leg and and there's something wrong. And he gets to second and, you know, the uh, Bramer and Morneau are trying to say, well, I mean, he's staying in the game, so this might be a And you thought he's coming out for sure. And he does. Now, the twins said that this is not a calf problem. The immediate... Uh, the immediate announcement in the press box was that this was a um, hamstring problem. And as we look at uh, um, a tweet there that Baldelli says the twins will take the off day on Friday to evaluate Josh uh, Donaldson's right hamstring probably won't have more of an update today. According to Dohong Park, uh, he did say it, do- it doesn't appear to relate to Donaldson's calf. Seems isolated to the hamstring. The problem, Dex, just quickly with this. Yeah, absolutely. Is that um, I like the twins, folks. Like, I like Rocco and I like Thad and I like Derek. But when it comes to injuries, they have never been truthful. Uh, so, one, I don't trust them on this. And two, at Donaldson's age, a hamstring is a major problem, too. So it's not like, oh, good, it's a hamstring and not the calf. If he pulled his hamstring because he's compensating for the calf, that's a problem too. Um, I am. I will put my paycheck right now on at least a stint on the injured list that keeps him out probably for a decent portion of the month of April, unfortunately. Yeah, this is unfortunate. I mean, I... I didn't say stop at first, but the moment he roped one to the left center gap, and, you're, and I even thought like, "Oh God!" Like, that, that, isn't That's it? Right. Is it? Isn't it bad to think like this? Like one of perennially over the last six, seven years, one of the best hitters in the game, one of the best players, not just hitters, players in the game. He's an elite defender too. And I thought the same thing. Like, oh God, what if? What if he? What, where is he? How's he running? How's he taking the turn? Oh my God, he learned how to run again. And I immediately again pulled up that Instagram post from he had last summer. And he says, "I tore my calves." seven, seven times in two years prior to that post in July of 2020. And I learned how to run differently. I learned how to run differently. Josh, you're 34, 35 years old. You know, you've gotten paid. You have security. I get it. You're not 25 anymore. And also, Josh really came to the league and started blossoming at a later age than traditional baseball stars start to blossom. So I get it. I totally get that you have to, you know, do things you weren't able to do prior in the younger parts of your career. But this is concerning. Um, this is very concerning because him and basically him and Byron Buxton are these integral X factors in your lineup. And you remove both of them, number one, offensively and, de- and mostly defensively, it's going to cause issues. Luis Arise, he wasn't ready to play third base today. For God's sakes, they suck him in left field to start the game because they have to because there's no DH. And that was a, like, that's not. Uh, a, a great plan for success either. So Josh's injury is going to linger here. It's going to be a linger, and I, I, I'll, I'll go with you. He probably doesn't play again this series. I think at, at this oh, point you no, evaluate tomorrow and, and, and you that. see where it goes. No, I, I'm saying a good portion of the month of April. Like, this is a hamstring. He has problems here. It, it's not like It's not like, oh, good, it's just a hamstring. It's more along the lines of, He's clearly trying to compensate for the calf and he pulled something again. Like this is, I don't know what you do here other than, um, and this sounds bad, but other than be thankful for what you might get, like you can't rely on him at this point. You, you just can't. And he can't 
you know, every time he attempts to run the bases, Declan, it's an issue now every single time. And and when you have to hold your breath on the first hit that he gets in the top of the first on opening day, which I was, that's a real problem here. So, I mean, to me, it's almost to a point now where where if you get something from him, it's gravy. But I don't think that you can go in now expecting things. And this is going to take, you know, if the Twins had a history of being completely truthful about guys being hurt, I might say eh, it might be fine. But they don't, and hamstrings scare me. And um, this is unfortunate because, as you know, we, we talked about with the Pew on Monday, and you and me and Phil have discussed. I mean, when to what you're saying, when you're looking at the most important guys, right? Like the dynamic guys, potentially, at least on this team, offensively and defensively you're looking at Simmons at shortstop for sure Buxton total package Donaldson at third and and if you start to take those guys out of the mix now it's going to make a difference and I know that in 2019 with the Braves Josh played in I believe 155 games and if I'm not mistaken hit 37 home runs. He had a fantastic year, a great year. Yep. And that and that got him this contract. But I really think it's basically back to the drawing board. And if you can get something from him, it's great. But when you're worried about him literally leaving the batter's box, which means you can't go like, well, let's DH him. One, you got Cruz. And two, guess what? Still gets hurt. I don't know what you do other than just take what he gives you and say, thank you. But ha- but you're going to have to have alternate plans. And I think, and this just came to me, Judd Zolgad, I think your alternate plan, with mm-hmm. if Josh is shelved here and, and you need an extra body on the bench, I, I, Rooker or Kirloff are probably going to be on the way. Uh, I, I would I would probably go with Kirloff more than Rooker because they probably, though, again, it's service time with Kirloff. April it's 100%. 16th. It's 100%. See you see April 16th, Dex. You ain't seen them before then. And They're Rook- not going to forfeit that. Rooker's 26 years old. I've told you before, there's everything Rooker. he's been able to accomplish. I, I would be pretty surprised if by tomorrow, or even if by in the next hour or two from one of our local beat writers here, that there's going to be a transaction of him being called up. I think he's with them, though, right? Because he, he was technically... Um... He he was taken off the twenty six man, but he was put on the taxi squad, which still exists. So I think he might be with them. So yeah, he'll definitely be. But yes, they would have I, to. I have, they, they would have to make a corresponding roster move, right? Because their roster's at twenty six. So like they can't. Well, you're gonna have to. Yes, IL him. Right? IL Donaldson. You'd have to yeah, IL Donaldson. Yes, God. you can't. You cannot do what drove Phil nuts, and he was right about this. You cannot do old school twins. Oh, he might be back. He might be back on Sunday. So let's not. And then it's like two weeks and you still haven't yeah. IL'd him. IL him now. And if it's a hamstring, do it right now. Remove any temptation for anyone to play him. Like you're yeah. it's just a fact. Um, the question the question is off of what you're saying though, what do you do at third base now? Mm-hmm. Arise become your everyday third baseman and do you and I don't believe Kirilov comes up until the ser- service time thing is done and I think that is um April 16th do you do that because and I don't love this but you could do it the other option is in spring training at least a few times Miguel Sano was moved back to third base so like Miguel Sano could play third base yeah. and you could and and if you get Rooker up 
um, and just for now, and you put like garlic or cave or a rise in left field and keep that that um, rotation going, Dex, you could put Rooker, I think, at first base. I think he's played there. Yep, you can- so like that. That's an option, and the one and the one thing about Miguel at third that's not a complete disaster now is is despite the um, air today when Miguel actually made a really good throw on what should have been a three six one uh, DP and Simmons dropped that ball. Simmons will get to balls that Sano can't get to, mm-hmm. so you could theoretically try to go with Sano at third, Rooker at first possibly, and and trust that. Simmons will pick up some of the slack for for Miguel's shortcomings at third base. Yeah, well, I think even you know they've they've tried Polanco over there before. I think even in, I think they, I think Polanco could even dabble if he wanted to in a pinch. But I think their number one option is Arise. Arise would be their go to option. Yep. Um, I I guess they would probably be more reluctant to put Polanco at third than put Sano at third because yeah, Sano at least has played there. And Polanco needs to just play second. Like that's yep. his new position. Sure, Miguel. I Miguel's spot is first base, but I think that they would the the fact that they gave him time there in spring training to me tells tells me that that they are more flexible with him than probably Polanco going back to short or playing third base. That's For my sure. guess. So yeah, so th- they'll have to figure out a way to replace it. Yeah, you have platoon options. It's not the it, it's a loss in the lineup. And it's a loss on the diamond, that's for sure, because because Josh Donaldson, yeah, when healthy, when active, one of the best players in baseball. The issue is he has played outside of the 2019 season with the Braves. He has missed more than 50% of the games he's played in. So that it's just been it's been a disaster with him trying to stay healthy. So, you know, hopefully this isn't too bad. But, I mean, I, if seven calf tears, a different running style, hamstring, hamstring regardless. Like, I don't – like, that – just – it's leg – it, like, it, oh, yeah. Even like how much you and I always give hockey crap for lower body, upper body, lower body. You have lower body issues. This is a lower body issue, brother. So this is this is a significant problem for the Twins going forward. And this this is the danger of uh, veterans getting big free agent contracts. Yep. So for so I this, and look, we all bought in. And don't tell me you you can't on. One hand, accuse the twins of um, traditionally being cheap, and then say, "But this is a terrible signing." You know what, Mauer? This, these are the dangers of contracts. Yep. And when you go sign a, a guy and make that splash move, and your fan base is all like, you know, Josh Donaldson, thirty-seven home runs in two thousand nineteen with the Braves. It's going to be great. These are the dangers and the pitfalls that we all take. And now to turn around and say, "Well, that was stupid." Guess what? Everybody demanded that they do something. Um, all right. Max Kepler, I'm sorry. You had what, two hits in spring training? Yep. Absolutely. Patrick kept telling me, mm-hmm. Roycey, how bad he looked. He grounds out to second in the first. In the third, he singles. In the fifth, he triples. And in the seventh, he doubles to left and came up uh, in the ninth with a chance to hit for the cycle. He flew out mm-hmm. to left field. But Max Kepler, Max Kepler, I owe you an apology because you there had, it is. what, two hits in spring training? Two yeah. hits, right? Yep. And I said, oh, boy, this looks bad. Max Kepler, aside from the um, sort of dropped ball, like I'm not going to blame him completely. That's tough play. But I, I agree with what you said earlier, which is that catch has to be made. Yep. I am sorry, Max Kepler. I assumed that you were going to continue to be horrible. And at least for one day, but it counts in these statistics. 
you weren't. Yeah, Max, I, I, I'm more bullish on Max. I wasn't too freaked out about it. I will say, you know, what, outside of 2019, when he was a very good player, I even think he got some MVP votes, um, lower tier, but he got some MVP votes. That does say something about all the play, teams and players in baseball. You know, in 2019, he was able to hit lefties. And outside of 2019, he has been abysmal against left-handed pitching. Um, today, I believe all of his hits came off of righties, and good for him. He can mash righties. I, I would assume that a lefty hitter can mash right-handed pitching. I would assume that's how that works in baseball. But, yeah, I wasn't too worried about spring training statistics. That's why I don't get too up in arms over them. Uh, but a, a very productive game for Max Kepler. Very productive game. I'm glad you apologized, too. Good for you. I owed, I owed him an apology. You know what? If I'm wrong, I'll apologize. It's just ordinarily I'm not wrong about stuff like that, but oh, I was okay. wrong about that. I yeah, was totally yeah. wrong about that. Byron Buxton. Mm-hmm. Byron Buxton hit a – let me look at my notes here. 456-foot home run that I think hit around the scoreboard area, um, and it was the longest home run that he has hit in his career. Okay. Here's what I love about it. <laughs> Byron Buxton can now regularly, and, and he has shown this for at least a couple of years now, but it's just good uh, to see again on opening day. Byron Buxton decks can now take mistakes and crush them. Absolutely. No, I'm serious. Like if I, I've, and I know what you're saying. You're all saying, and you're right about this. Well, he's going to be next to, to get hurt. In fact, I got that tweet. Well, Buxton, it's now, it's going to be uh, Donaldson and then Buxton. I understand the concern there, and I'm with you. I'm concerned, too, about that. That being said, Byron Buxton, if you're going to take a positive, he struck out twice. He walked twice, which is good. Uh, But I love the fact that he is now the type of player who can absolutely crush mistakes. Yeah. Buxton, uh, you got the full Buxton experience, in my opinion, today. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know that's a cliche we can use for a lot of different players. But first two at-bats, six pitches, two strikeouts. I mean, everyone's been waiting for him to be a co- become even a, a halfway decent OBP guy. I think when you get to this point in your career, you are who you are. Like, Byron Buxton's not going to be able to work a walk. Byron Buxton's not going to be able to work a count. But he, kept, he does have obviously very good power. And if he jumps on the pitch he's looking for, he can put it out in the seats. You saw it today. 456-foot bomb to at Miller Park. And... You're getting you know you know what you're getting with his defense, which is one of the best defenders of his of his generation. To be completely honest, when he's been on the field, he really is one of the best center fielders defensively um, the game has seen in the last twenty years. But he's not going to be someone who works a count and is able to work a walk. Honestly, if if I can get the elite defense and I get him for 140 games, I don't care if that OBP is 290 or 330. I really don't care because I'm he's healthy for 140 games, and if he's hitting bombs, that like. That's the thing, especially with lineup construction. Like everyone always thought it'd be he'd be a leadoff hitter or, or, or a three hitter, but Milder batted him three on opening day, I believe, in 2016. Everyone's like, "Wow, batting him third, he hit 190 last year." Well, if you have other guys in your lineup who can get on base and get ahead of him, then you can bat him six. Like Byron Buxton at his production, being a 290 OBP guy, but someone who can maybe slug close to 500. Right there, that's a six hitter, man. That's and, and and the entire construction of lineups has been changing. You know, a leadoff hitter is no longer a scrappy type of Luisa Rise who was in the hole today at the leadoff spot. You might now you can put guys who have power in the leadoff spot. So yeah. y- where you put Buxton, like yeah, he might not be the leadoff guy or three hitter you've always envisioned to be, but if he's in that six hole and he's hitting bombs like this, this mm-hmm. is great, man. This is exactly what you want. Buxton did walk twice. I, I'll say this: I believe that he has the ability to work counts. He's still going to strike out. 
Um, and so, yes, he, he is, he is never going to be the prototypical player for how, you know, how, or what you think he should be. That's fair. Like you would think, yes, he, he should be able to steal a ton of bases and get on base, which he can. But the fact that he worked two walks to me is a really positive thing. Um, and look, if Donaldson is going to be gone now for I don't know how long, I mean, Buxton finally, if the Twins can ever get to the point where this guy, and I say this with great trepidation because I don't want to jinx him, but if the Twins can ever get to the point where this guy can stay on the field, right, can absolutely not run into fences, or or he has a whole nother multitude of ways of get getting hurt, it becomes key. But I think that he, I think he can get the on base up. Uh, and, you know, to, to go back to the uh, two-run home run, that was certainly a nice thing. I just saw a note there, and I want to touch on this, yeah. too, because um, you brought this up. I think you brought this up at the beginning of last year as a concern, and I was sort of like, I don't think it's a concern. And then I acknowledged as as the season progressed and this guy continued to just struggle up a storm. Now, again, it's one game, folks. We Dex gets that. I get that. So we are not passing judgment. But Mitch Garver, three strikeouts in his first three at-bats today, uh, then a ground out to third base, and then a fly to left in the ninth. 0 for 5. The fly the fly to left, he almost, he almost got hold of and put it out. He yep. did not, though. Um, Mitch Garver, what what are your um, Declan Spidey senses tell you about <laughs> Mitch Garver for 2021? Because you did call it. For 2020. I, I knew, I mean, look, regression was coming. He was basically Mike Piazza in 2019 in like 94 games. He had like 30 bombs. You knew the book was going to come out on him. He was also a late bloomer. He got called up and really didn't start hitting his stride till he was older. I don't think he was able to make those adjustments. I don't think he's as abysmal as he was in 2020. I also don't think he's going to be the silver slugger he was in 2019. That being said, if you can platoon and have him and Ryan Jeffers be successful, like, like, but can Mitch you? Garver's yes, but I think can, you can. Yes, can you? yes, That's you my, can. My question is, do you feel that Mitch's Mitch is not really going to pop back? Because I mean, he was he was um, unplayable for a good portion for sure of last year. I do think he's playable. I do think there's something there if you can platoon him right. But Ryan Jeffers is on his tail too. Like Ryan oh, yeah. Jeffers can absolutely step in here and be ready to go. So I, I I'm not ready to hit like a panic button. And also like Mitch Garver's. You know, issues are so far down on the things that I'm concerned about over the crux of the team that don't get me wrong, an 0 for 5 day, three strikeouts. Yeah, that's, you know, hit the showers, buddy. Not a great day. At the same time, just his issues aren't going to be what, what holds me back. Uh, there is someone who has uh, entered the stream here, Judd Zolgab. We have a surprise entrance, and by God, he's coming right down the tunnel as we speak from the Pacific Northwest. Look hey. who's joined the party. Hey, so I got to I got to admit, like I was I was watching the Twins all afternoon. My Bally Sports North feed cut out just a little bit before the end of the ninth, and so I, did, I didn't see how the, the Twins closed it out. But I'm assuming that the Twins oh. celebrating a big win. Column, Column A coming a in, struck out the side. It was unbelievable. Oh. One, one, two, three, ninety-five. 98, 97, seal. Oh, wait. No, that was not column A. That was the Brewers. That was De- Dex's guy. Oh, that was Josh that was Hader. Josh Hader. Um, yeah. hold, wait, wait. This is why I keep scoring. Uh, let me tell you what happened. Oh, my. There it is. Oh, the Twins only lost <laughs> six to five. They only lost six to five. Listen, um, I just I just came on to say, and all since I joined this late, I will now just I'll just withhold most of my takes for tomorrow's Mackie and Judd show. Um, I just wanted to come on, though, and say the season's officially over. 
you might as well start. I would I would start shopping most of my veterans at this point. I think Nelson Cruz. Once Josh Donaldson comes back in August, I think maybe you could swing a trade. Does the does the waiver deadline even still? So we need Josh Donaldson <laughs> to come back by like July 10th to showcase himself. Are they saying it's a hamstring officially yeah. or yep. that's it's a hamstring? hamstring. Okay, because they can't right say calf, so I I, I wouldn't but, trust it either way. They're going to evaluate. But I told Dex this, Phil. How he's thir- 32, right? Well, he looks. I mean, his his lower body is 74, but yeah, 35. Yeah, Yeah, his lower his lower body is at least twice that. So explain this. How is like a hamstring good news? Like he's going to (laughs) be IL'd. He this is not like oh who dodged a bullet. It's not. Yeah, we're at we're at the point with him where it's like don't worry guys. It's just he just popped his (laughs) hamstring. Don't worry. I mean, do you know how long a hamstring can keep an athlete out for? Like this is not good news. It's amazing. I mean, can we do, like, I've played in softball leagues before where you can just have a guy sort of start. So you've got the hitter, and then you got a base runner that sort of starts even with the plate, and when the ball gets put in play, yeah, that yeah. guy then Courtesy runs the Courtesy runner type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Could that's we, what I Could be. we do that for Josh Donaldson? Maybe I don't know what they're going to. Maybe we should put a memo gonna... into the league. The, the league's yeah. open to changes, so I, maybe we... <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do here. Like, I don't know. And, and I can tell you this, this whole thing of, well, we don't think it's too bad. You will be lucky if you see him play again in the month of April. Oh, zero chance he plays in April, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what zero, I think. Zero chance. Zero chance. Although he is one for one. So he uh, well, yeah, he put, some, yes. put, some, put some sting on that ball. It's unbelievable. God. Anyhow, I'll, I just wanted to pop in and say season's over. Let's start. We'll, we'll start so, tomorrow on Mackie and Judd. Top 10 players the Twins should look to sell off leading up to the trade deadline. Don't miss it. Be Gar- Garver for Trout. <laughs> yes. Might have to, you might have to throw in uh, Larnick to make that happen. Oh, Kyle, no, no. Kyle no, Garlic for Bellinger. Bellinger. You know, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just do these trades. Who, by, the way, ready to go. Who, by the way, I got heard. called out on a home run today because Justin Turner, he passed Justin Turner on the base paths. I love baseball. Welcome back. Okay, I like, love baseball. That's, that's the thing about baseball. If a ball goes over the fence, does it really matter, like, if one guy passes the other? The ball's over the fence. It's just, like, why, why do they even have to run the bases? Just Explain the ball's this. over the fence. It's a home run. Salty. Last thing, explain Salty. this one. Explain this one, okay? So this is a sport, and I actually like this now, that in the 10th puts a guy on second base, scoring position to expedite the game, which I think mm-hmm. is great. Like, I didn't like the idea. I like it now. But the Twins also played a game today in which the DH is forbidden, which is like 1935 National League rule. <laughs> like, how does any of this make sense? I was, I will say, like, the emotions I went through as this game was progressing. It's like, all right, baseball's back. This is amazing. And then the game was three hours old, and they were still in the second inning. Uh, and then and then toward the end of the game, it was like, all right, the Twins are going to win this. They're going to close it out. And then, oh, my God, meltdown. And then my emotions went toward, oh, that's right, extra innings. Now, I, this game might not end for two hours. And then I remembered, oh, that's right, they put a guy in second base. This is going to end quickly. You're like this, so, I didn't. I did enjoy the pace of extra innings today, I guess. But uh, that was a it's pretty pretty bad loss to start the season. 4-14. That, to me, is the key statistic. Four hours and 14 minutes. It's aggressive. It's aggressive. I was, uh, I did get, so I have the MLB package here, and I didn't realize, like, you can watch either team's feed, and I just figured mm-hmm. that out at the end. I, so I watched. I finally oh, yeah, got the. I got the 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 Twins feed in extra innings when I figured out. Oh, I can just like click a button. Yeah. But uh, so I, I listened to the Brewers broadcasters for the majority of this game, and they were mispronouncing Twins names. They were it was it was pretty bad. 
Um, I think we should all be very happy to have Justin Morneau analyzing these games on a regular basis in Minnesota. Who, so that's a silver name? lining. Justin Morneau was great. Whose today. name did, did they uh, butcher or mispronounce? Uh, areas. Oh, yeah. Okay. Areas. That's it. Yeah. There was another one too. I can't remember, but definitely they definitely just mailed in Arise. It was yeah. uh, Arise. Louis Louis Arias. Arias. <laughs> he's only been around for like three years now. Classic. Yeah, he's the modern day Tony Gwynn. But don't bother getting his yeah. name right. That's no, fine. Don't all. worry about it. So, anywho, all right. All right, to crash your guys' party. We'll, we'll talk see you guys tomorrow. tomorrow. All, all right. right. Thank you, sir. All right. Yeah. Don't don't forget to Mackie and Judd tomorrow with uh, Phil, I'm sure, spewing hot takes <sighs> on this game and the Twins. Uh, last thing for you. Yeah. Kenta Maeda, your mm-hmm. your thoughts. Uh, the Obviously, location was suspect. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm that concerned. I, In fact, I'm not concerned. Um, I actually, the only thing that, that surprised me, Declan, was he got left. I thought he would get pinch hit for and that. Me too. Good old Rocco would yank after yanking him in the midst of what was a really, really solid pitching performance in game one of the playoffs. Yes. I thought I thought they're gonna pinch it for his butt in a split second. And they, and they left him in far longer. Like if if we go on a time machine back in time against the Astros, I'd get Rocco to leave him in. And today I'd say if you, if you want to take him out after three, take him out. I don't care. For sure. No, I, I, in our, maybe we'll do this tomorrow. Maybe even impromptu thing we'll do tomorrow. In our pie chart of blame of why the Ooh, Twins I, lost this game. I like that. I like executive what you're doing. producer. I like that. Um, Kent Maeda doesn't crack my pie, like pie chart of blame. Like even, even Mitch Garver, you know, to go back to our guard, like that doesn't crack my pie chart of blame. Um, you look, fine start, 88 pitches, 57 strikes. You'd like to see a little bit better ratio, five strikeouts. I missed the right that down point. And of course, I missed the three runs or less because uh, Alex Colomay screwed me. So the batting average, pers- I'm, I'm taking my own, I'm making this all about me, which is I love to do. Uh, bad, bad week of write that down predictions for the executive producer. I'm falling down just like Mitch Garver's batting twi- average here. You had you had the one today. All the I know. had to do was save your butt. I was, you had it today. You I, were in great shape. And I was one strikeout away from my six for Kenta Maeda, so he only got five. So oh. I, I, I got I got really just bent over. One here. more for you. Yeah. And because I, I saw um, a couple of tweets about this after the game got done. Your thoughts on Arcia not being intentionally walked. You should have walked him. You 100% because, should have walked him. Yep. Because that set up that yes. weird play at the well. Uh, Semi weird, and, and, and that, that you're talking about the bottom of the ninth too, or are you talking yeah. about the yeah, yeah, the bottom? No, yeah, no, have, I'm talking the about the, the tenth. Yeah, because even in the bottom, you of the got ninth, the guy in second, and you could put him on first. Even in the bottom of the ninth, I would have walked him right because it was second and third when those two runs came in the tie. I believe, I believe it was second and third. That was Travis Shaw. Yeah, so like you, you walk, and it was a lefty, so it's a lefty on the righty, and in, in like you, you have to walk him too. So I'm telling you, Colome. You say Paul Dolly dropped the ball a little bit. You know, a little tease, Baldelli does make my pie chart of blame. Not a big chunk, but Baldelli does make my pie chart of blame tomorrow. I think we will have to bust that back out. It's it's going to be a huge hunk of pie. For God's sakes, Judd, this game started at 1 o'clock. I was hoping to maybe, like, get a walk-in or even just take a nap before I have to watch Mighty Ducks. Now I have to get dinner in. i got to watch Mighty Ducks. i got the wild game at 9.30. The grind does not stop. The grind never stops. And you can watch it all on Bally Sports North. In case you've not heard, they changed their name. Yes, they have. They have. This is my first Bally Sports North uh, full full game in a long time. I've been watching Brandy Hahn and Brett Hedick. Yeah, how did you get? How would you get to this game? Just out of uh, I, you know, I have ways. I have I have ways. Just like you know, how does Rocco Baldelli go from uh, Alex Colomay and then into Randy Dobdeck? Yeah, I got my ways. I, there's a method to my madness. <laughs> he had no choice. He had left himself no room 
You still could, could have watched the Brewers telecast. All I, right. I could have. All right, talking twins. Um, I don't know how often we're going to do post game twin shows, but this one was opening day, and clearly, you know what? If they hadn't melted down, we would have done it. The fact that they did, we did it. Hope for the twins' sake that their third baseman's back at some point in time, right? God willing. Uh, and as Dex said, don't forget Mackie and Judd, which you can find at all of these good places. We will, I, I think we will do. In fact, send that note out, Declan. We'll do a pie chart of blame as well tomorrow, and you will give a huge slice of pie to Alex Calame. We will uh, talk to you later. Big dogs got to eat. Yeah, they do. They do. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.